0: what can be, what should be, and what will be if we put our courage and our faith in God. It's all about possibility. In Proverbs 29, verse 18, the Bible tells us, where there is no vision, the people perish. Simon, where's Simon? He sent me a lovely little quote this week. Simon sent me a quote that said this, they put mirrors on the walls of every gym... So you can watch yourself work out, because vision gives pain a purpose. I love that. Maybe that's why next time you're in the gym, any anyone go to the gym, that's why when you look at yourself in the mirror, you can think actually this is the, you know giving me a purpose here, um, and that's that's what it's about, isn't it? Where there is no vision, the people perish, and we don't want to be a perishing people. We want to be alive, we want to be vibrant, we want to be full of life, we want to be active and we want to be full of adventure. I know some of you have had some amazing adventures this year, welcome back Andy and Vanessa Wade after being three weeks in Canada, what a fantastic adventure they've just had. Um, lots of people have been doing exciting things but we want to have an adventure as a church. As well. So, I want to start briefly thinking about four reasons why vision is so important. Why why do we even have Vision Sunday? Why is it important to have vision? Vision brings unity. Okay, vision brings us together. Vision gives the church a purpose and it allows us to work together in unity. We can work together in unity. This is very different from tolerating one another okay? There are people in our lives that we tolerate, okay, and we put up with. I'm not looking around because I'm going to get told off this morning, but there are some people in our lives that we simply put up with, aren't there? I'm sure so you can think of some of those people in your mind that when they come and talk to you, you kind of just go, yes, yes, lovely, yes, yes. Thank you, okay? Um, And that's what you do. We have those people in our lives. Unity and being united and working together is quite different to just tolerating one another. It means that we're characterised by love. We're motivated by love. Our actions are intentional when we're working towards a common vision. God's heart for the church is that we wouldn't simply tolerate one another, put up with each other, Come to Sunday mornings. Come, gather together, and we kind of put up with who's around. But that actually, as Philippians two says, that we would be like-minded. We would be like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one one in mind. That we would be one spirit and one in mind. And the great thing about having vision, about having, following God's vision for the church, it's so much bigger than just one person's agenda or just one person's thoughts or where they feel it should go. A church community, as we um, recognise it, is that we should be following God's will, God's plan for where we're going, and meeting the spiritual needs, meeting the needs of people around us, and putting our little differences aside for the greater good. Okay, so if we have little differences, we set those aside because we realise that we're working together for the greater good. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we read about the early church, and they certainly knew their purpose. It says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. You see, the early church moved together they were united they knew their purpose and they were motivated and joined together by love and then unity just flowed through them it said they had everything in common they were working together and when we know our calling when we know the calling that god has placed and vision flows out of that Vision flows out of that calling. And the natural outcome is that people come together in love and unity and they're motivated and they're mobilized as they see what God is doing. Secondly, where there's vision, there's less conflict. Okay, now that might sound funny because sometimes when we share a vision or we share something, there might be an element of disagreement. We might say, hang on a mo, I'm not really sure about that. I'm not sure I really agree with it. But over time, as the vision plays out and we can see what God is doing, then it brings unity again among the people. When vision is clear and it's prominent in everything that we do, then conflict is reduced. When vision isn't clear, that's when conflict and differences start to increase. And that's simply because when there's a gap of vision, other things come in and take priority. We put our priorities on the minor things. If the call that God has on the church doesn't grab our attention and doesn't fill our thoughts, then sadly something else will. Something else will take grab our attention. And it's often the insignificant things that cause conflict or disagreement. You know, we've all heard it, people look critically, I don't like the colour of the chairs in church. You know, or I don't think the wall should be painted that colour. Or I didn't really like what was said at the front today because it didn't really fit with what I said. Well, I'm not sure about the worship songs. We start to look at the little things rather than be focused on the vision and the call that God has for us. There's this great quote, and it says this Without a compelling vision, there will be a vacuum in which almost nothing is happening but in which almost every problem becomes exaggerated. All the little insignificant things that aren't priorities suddenly become big. And the truth is, is that when people don't give their attention to the vision that God has for the church, for us moving on, then often, sadly, we look at each other. And we look at the problems and the things that we put up with, you know, suddenly become significant things and become a problem. Thirdly, vision brings accountability, and it's really important for us to stay accountable. You know, churches, the one thing that we're notoriously bad at is running lots of programs, setting up lots of ministries, doing lots of stuff, but not seeing much actual transformation, not actually seeing much kingdom growth, doing lots of stuff, but not much bringing effective change. And I wonder if part of the problem is that we're doing all this busy stuff which doesn't kind of bring that transformation is because we don't stop and sometimes ask ourselves the why questions. Why are we doing these things? Why are we doing it? Activity doesn't necessarily mean productivity, okay? We can run around doing lots of things. And it doesn't actually mean that we're actually achieving much at all. There's this lovely statement that says, there is surely nothing quite so useless as doing with great efficiency what should not be done at all. Okay, isn't that true? Sometimes we do things with great efficiency, things that actually don't need to be done at all okay i'd put that with housework too right up there uh, once a vision is set out um, it provides an opportunity for accountability so you know you can be doing something we can be running a ministry we can be thinking about the cafe and then we can stop and we can say is the cafe still achieving what the vision set out for it Why are we still putting the chairs and tables like this? Does it need to be a different way? How can we reach more people? How can we... It gives that accountability to ask, is this something that still fits in and is still part of the vision? And this is one reason why it's actually easier for churches to have no vision at all. Because it's easier not to have any accountability and just to keep going on with doing what you've always done and actually making no difference at all. It's actually easier in some ways. But when your vision is clear and well communicated, it becomes the measure for our work, for our prayer, for our effort, for how obedient we are as people listening to the, what God wants us to do and where he wants to take us. It helps us not just to be busy, but to help, help us to hold ourselves accountable accountable to one another, accountable to the vision that God has for us, accountable to God's word. And finally, vision inspires and it motivates. Without a clear sense of vision, people become frustrated, tired. Why am I doing this? It's taking all this energy and I don't see anything happening. We get burnt out because there's lack of meaning in our work. It lacks purpose. There's no great reason why I'm putting all this effort in to what I'm doing. And in the church, we should be different. We should see all the little mundane things, the small things that we do, that it's doing it for the greater vision of the church. Everything that we do is so important whether it's big or small when we can truly understand that everything that we do it's all part of it it's integral to the bigger vision of the church um, then it compels us because we know that we're living out the calling that god has for us vision provides us with a purpose it's greater than ourselves it helps us to it gives us a passion to serve, a passion to pray, a passion to love. It gives us a, a reason why we stay up late. It gives us a reason why we get up early on a Sunday morning to come to prayer at 9:30 when I could be having a coffee in bed. It gives us a reason to do all those things. There's a great story about a pastor who um, had a conversation about some builders who were building um, a new, large, beautiful church. And the pastor, he passed one builder and he said to him, "Um, what are you doing? And the man said, I'm laying a brick. And then he went a bit further on and he said to the next worker, what are you doing? And the worker said, I'm building a cathedral. Very different way that both people saw what they were doing. One thought they were laying a brick, the other one had vision. To see what they were doing was part of the wider vision. One had vision, one didn't. One understood their purpose, the other didn't. One was motivated and inspired, the other one wasn't. We could simply say, I'm making a cup of tea at church. Could simply say, I make the tea. Or I could say, I'm responsible for welcoming people into the family of God because that's what I'm doing when I make a cup of tea. I'm part of the bigger vision. No matter how small or how large our involvement is, it's important that we're motivated by that passion to see that it all plays into the bigger vision of what God is doing here. So vision is really important. It keeps us alive. It keeps us motivated. Helps us to see that we're doing something greater than we could do on our own. We're doing it for the purpose of building God's kingdom here. It's exciting. I'm going to pause I'm gonna break. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to go and wave your t-shirts outside if you need to. Okay, go and have a move around. Grab some sweets. If, you, if this is your chance to think, I need a new perspective, swap seats with someone. Have a move around, okay? Have a shift it up a little bit. M- please move because it's very hot, okay? So a couple of minutes and then I'll be back. Okay, thank you. Fantastic, great, brilliant. So we can see that vision is important. Vision is vitally important for the life of the church, for us going forward, so that we have a bigger perspective than simply um, our own kind of thoughts and feelings. And we all know that we're working together um, to build the kingdom of God. Um, Our vision statement here at Shiloh remains the same. Our vision statement is... Love God, love others, and serve many. Um, Really a simple line. Um, if you ever need the internet, that's the passcode, so just put it in, okay? It's, it's, our, it's what we um, have had as our vision statement for several years and remains the same, okay? That is the purpose that I believe that God has for us here at Shiloh, to love God first, love others, and to serve many. We have four values that shape our vision. Firstly, it's to serve. We're God's heartbeat in the community. And more and more, we've seen over the past year how... This church is making such a difference in our island community, okay? We're outside agencies are noticing the difference, which is amazing. We serve our community through our Wednesday cafe, through our Sunday cafe, through mobile cafes, um, our food bank, our clothing bank, um, the ladies that go out on a Tuesday and serve the community, Guernsey Mind drop in, Quitline drop it in, Open Doors run by the Oberlands on a Wednesday morning. These are the constants, and they happen all throughout the week. Every single week, these things are happening in the church, um, just, yeah, happening each week. We're serving the community um, in these amazing ways. These are the constant ways that we're serving our community and bringing a little bit of extra support and God's love to people who may be struggling and finding times difficult um, for a while. Secondly, it's belong. We work together in love and unity. And one of the things that has encouraged me most over this past year is the amount of people who've come here who've said, I came and it feels like home. I've been so welcome. Um, People have made me feel so welcome. I have felt loved. Michelle, give me a wave. Is that true? (laughs) And felt so loved. And I know others of you are nodding at the back. It's lovely. You felt loved and accepted. This is part of your community. You feel like um, you have come home. It's really changed this year and it's fantastic that this is a community of people that come from all different backgrounds. We're all different backgrounds, all different places in life, all different situations, but we come together and we want to do that through authentic relationships, authentic friendships and to literally hang out with one another. We don't do meals on Wednesday nights and on Sundays just so that you can have a night off or a lunch off. I'm sorry, we don't do it for that. We do it so that we can build those friendships, build those relationships, build community. We get to chat with one another as we um, have lunch together. There's something special about eating food together. That's where relationships are built and people feel loved and that they belong. Thirdly, to grow. We want to grow together through teaching and worship. We relaunched our evening gathering just in November. Look at it. Look how time goes so quickly. I can't believe a year has gone um, since we launched our evening gathering, a place where we can worship together. We can hear from God's word. We can have that extra time to pray or to do things creatively. Um, We also gave us the opportunity to have an after church. So the after church meet now and they have social time together after church. This evening we have an opportunity just to hang around together and have donuts together. We have that opportunity um, on a Sunday night. We've built on our Wednesday gatherings as a place to grow, as a place to worship midweek, to have great teaching and discussion. We've been uh, working quite hard over the summer thinking about our small groups and home groups and how they're going to look and, you know, giving our groups a little rejig as to where people will be. And this Wednesday, we've got a home group leaders meeting where we're going to come together and just chat about um, our groups and the way forward, how they can be both social and teaching. They're an important part um, of our church community. We've run Christianity Explored and we've seen people come to faith and we've seen people being baptised. Um, through discovering the foundations of faith, which is so exciting. Um, in recent weeks, we've been investing more in our youth team. Um, so not only are they DBS checked, but we're all safeguarded. We're all doing safeguarding. It's fantastic. We want to train people so they're specifically trained and ready for the task um, which God is calling them to do. The Wednesday Bible study in the morning is so big it continues to grow and it's a bit of a puzzle because it's like a small church congregation in itself on a Wednesday morning which is incredible, which has grown from something that was a seed of an idea but had real vision and now we see it grow to such a size where people are hungry for the word of God. We have a little Bible study group, which you won't know about, that meet at the Blanc Bois in Pam's Lounge. And it's exploding, isn't it, Pam? You've now got nine, isn't it, from being just a couple of you starting it. There's now nine people going. It's fantastic. You need more chairs. You can take some chairs. We can give you chairs. Um, that's fine. It's from vision, where things are born and things grow. It's fantastic finally express, releasing a contemporary expression of faith. I am more passionate than ever, and you'll have known that over the last few weeks, to see our young adults trained and equipped Um, and placed in positions of leadership. They have energy, they have passion, they have an ability to think out of the box, they have an ability to take risks. um, They know things that are going on that we just don't know um, about our culture and their generation. And we want to make our teaching relevant and we want to make the whole experience a place where people, um, the younger generation, want to come and we can tackle and face huge issues that they're facing today. We can really speak into those and um, to bring Jesus into young adults' lives. I really want to keep building on our children's ministry in the morning. It's great that our children's ministry is really growing and we're seeing children from all over the community coming. We had a bouncy day in the summer. Um, and it was a fantastic day. I know the seniors have asked for one too, so we will hire bouncy castles and have a seniors' bouncy day, okay? Um, And just got to make sure we have the ambulance ready. Um, But we will have a bouncy day. Um, But it's been great, because that bouncy day was fantastic. We saw all the children who come come to Upfest, come to Children's Ministry, come to different things throughout the year. They all came together, and suddenly there's this great number, wasn't it, of your children just at bouncy day, enjoying, bouncing on all sorts of things. Um, It was a fantastic morning, Um, but it really showed us what the opportunity we have with our children and then we had Upfest, which again, which kind of encompasses everything. It brings together all of our values of teaching, growing together, spending time as community, hanging out with one another, social time. And the puzzle is always how do we bring that into our weekly, you know, how do we bring that community coming together, being together, hang out together, people coming, sense of community together um, into a weekly setting. And once again, it's been a year where it's been an absolute joy serving um, this community. Um, And for not only for us to have heard the values, but for us to have adopted them and everything to be flowing out of the values and allowing them to shape our very being. So I want to say thank you again. Thank you because you allow us to make mistakes. You know, we do make lots of mistakes. um, And thank you for telling us when we make mistakes. We do make mistakes and we get it wrong and we do things, but you have been so gracious with us. And so thank you so much because so many I know of us are serving and committed and are working hard to see God's vision um, played out here um, at Shiloh. So it's been amazing because we have seen life transformation this year, and many of you are sitting here knowing that you are in a different place today uh, than you were 12 months ago. So thank you so much. So, what about this year ahead? What do we feel God is saying for the year ahead? Now you're looking at me, sitting there, right, what's this year? Okay, I want to just share with you a little bit from the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, there's this fairly bleak scene, okay? It's not looking very pretty. We have James. He's one of the leaders of the church. He was arrested by King Herod, and he's been put to death, okay? So he's been executed by King Herod. Peter's arrested, and he too looks like he's soon going to be executed too, But this is what the church did after Peter's arrest. Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. The church didn't organise a protest. They didn't say, we're going to march around the palace. We're going to shout. We're going to stand there with um, billboards and start shouting for Peter. They prayed. They prayed. They got on their knees and they prayed. And they offered constant prayer to God. Sadly, today, I think sometimes the church has lost sight of the most important things, the really important things. When I look at the way things are going in our culture and the way things are and what we should do, it's overwhelming. I think we all feel that sense of a real um, weight in our heart. Where do we start? Where do we even begin with some of these things? Well, the Bible gives us the answer it says we need to pray. We need to pray. We need to do it a lot more. We need to pray about the problems that we're facing. God gave us his, his mandate, his instructions for revival. He's told us it. We, we want revival, and he's told us how to do it, or for the healing of the land, as it says. It's, God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, and I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. That's what we're longing for, isn't it? The healing of our land, to see people healed. And last week I said I'd be sharing the secret weapon of the church, and this is it. This is the secret weapon, it's prayer. We have prayer, which is the greatest thing than anything else. We need to pray more often. We need to bring our needs before God more often. And that's what the first century church did However, I really think there's some important principles about prayer that we need to understand. Firstly, we can all pray, every single one of us. Sometimes we disqualify ourselves by saying, I'm not spiritual enough or um, I don't have the right words. We had a lovely evening in Elders the other night just laughing about what we do in prayer you know, when we sit in a circle in prayer meetings and you're sitting there and you know the prayer that you're going to say, you know you know what you want to pray for, and then someone else prays it, and you're sitting there going, I can't say that, I can't say the same thing as that person, because they've just taken, nicked my prayer. Or those moments where you're like, has anyone else, is this the end? of the prayer and you kind of open one eye and there's one person staring at you intently and you feel like you shouldn't have opened your eye so you quickly close it again and you don't really know what to do you know or you just don't you just can't think and your mind goes blank and for some reason you never think about I never think about what I'm going to say to Jordan it just comes out and yet for prayer when I'm talking to God I think I have to work it all out before I say it and we were talking about this and we all go through the same it's okay, we all feel the same. At the end of when we, when we finish praying, why don't we say, are we finished? Is that the end? Okay, great, thanks God, you've heard our prayers, let's go home. Okay, we need to be more real about it, okay? Because I want to say to you, if you can talk to other people, if you can talk to the person next to you, or if you're able to think thoughts about what's going on around you, then you can pray, Okay, You can pray. You need to talk to God just as I'm talking to you now, just as you talk to the person next to you. You don't need to use fluffy, flancy words. Okay, God hears every word that you say every day anyway, and he understands you when you're saying all those words, whatever words those might be. He understands them, and we can say the same. If we're really having a bad day and we're really... Tell God, I'm really... today... I'm really not happy. I'm struggling. Just use normal words as we talk to God. It's a simple conversation. It's as simple as talking to one another. So how do we do it? Verse 5 of Acts chapter 12, we see first of all that their prayers were offered to God. Now you might say, well, that's a bit funny you saying that. All of our prayers are offered to God. And we might think that they are all offered to God, but not necessarily. Sometimes when I'm praying, my mouth is talking, but my head is thinking about something else. You know, completely not at all thinking about God. It's thinking about, I don't know, what we have got for tea or the dress that I saw in New Look last week or something something completely different. Our minds are occupied. We need to be remember who we're talking to. That's why Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We need to remember who we're praying to. Before we ask anything, we should think about God, praise him, worship him. As a result, that changes how our prayers are said. It's not about getting our will here on earth. It's about getting God's will here on earth. It's about asking God what he wants. It's about aligning ourselves with him. How do we know God's will? Then we need to be reading our Bibles. I can't say this enough. We need to be reading our Bibles to really be learning our Bibles because if, it's, if we're praying for something and it's not in the Bible, then it's probably not God's will, you know? If it's against what the Bible says, God's God's word, okay? We need to know our Bibles. Pray through the Psalms. Pray through our Bibles. We need to learn about the character and nature of God. Then our prayers will be to him who knows what's best for us. The second thing we read in Acts Um, was that the church prayed without stopping. Constant prayer was offered. Now, I'd love to say that that means that the vision is that we're going to stay here, lock ourselves in here, and we're going to pray for the next year in here, okay, together, constantly. But that's not how it works. We have lives and we live out in the community, but we can pray constantly we can keep praying constantly, because if, if prayer is as simple as this, as my conversation with you, then I, I love it, because Vicky's always saying to me that she always prays when she drives, you know, maybe that's her driving, <laughs> I don't know, but she always prays when she drives, you know, driving along, just chatting to God, chatting to God as she drives, you know, chatting to God, God when you run, chatting to God when you're taking the children to school, chatting to God, we should be talking constantly, Just chatting to God constantly. Remember, we can talk to God at all times. But constant prayer. And the original language says that they prayed with agony. They agonised over it. It was deep in their hearts. They felt it deeply. We really need to put our hearts into our prayers. The third thing is that the early church prayed together. There's something very special when Christians come and they pray together and things happen. It's good to join forces with other believers. Jesus said, "I get again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning everything, anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. That's why we need our Christian friends. That's why we need our small groups. That's why we need to call them and say, can we pray together? Can we come together? Can we pray for this thing Together. That's one reason why it's really important to be involved in the church. If you want to grow spiritually, then we need to become part of the church community. And, you know, it isn't optional, like I was saying last week, about jumping around. It's important to commit to a church, to build those relationships, build those friendships. Um, We need to commit and build those friendships so that we've got this body of people who are, are with us and protecting us and praying for us. You know, we were praying for some people this morning because they're going through difficult times. That's what we can do as your friends, as your family, as a body of Christ. We can do that together. God has a place for you. If you're not sure what your place is in the church, come and see us. You know, I'm sure we can probably sometimes see what your place is better than we can see ourselves. You know, the other week I said, I need some clappers okay I really need some people who can clap because Nathan used to clap in rhythm and I can't clap in rhythm so I need some people to follow to clap Brian Fairbrush said to me I'll be your clapper I said Brian that's not your gift okay (laughs) I said we know your your places sometimes better than we know ourselves okay Um, Brian knows we love him Um, but um, we clap the same that's why Um, but you know we we need sometimes we know our place other people's place better than we know ourselves so our us, God has a place for you. Just as we need to eat and, and breathe and drink all those things physically, we need to study God's word um, and pray and be involved in the church to grow spiritually. We need to do those things. We will never outgrow this, those things. It's interesting to note that when the early church prayed and joined forces together and constantly brought their prayers before God, he didn't always answer them immediately. Sometimes it took time and just because God doesn't answer our prayers immediately doesn't mean he hasn't heard them or denied them. Sometimes um, his delays are not denials. He's just waiting for the perfect time. God knows the perfect time um, to answer our prayers. At the ends of Acts, we read that God struck King Herod down. Herod died. And the chapter ends with Herod dead, Peter free, and the word of God triumphing in victory. Because the church got on their knees and they prayed. They prayed. That's simply what they did. So this year, what we believe the vision for our church is, for 23, 24 is exactly the same. It's going to be a year of prayer. We're going to commit to a year of prayer. We've had so many activities going on throughout the week, and it's fantastic. And all of those things are going to continue. But we want to drench everything in prayer believe the time is that we need to drench everything in prayer and drench everything in the power of the Holy Spirit so that we really see transformation. How will this look? We'll be um, throughout the year holding regular evenings of prayer and worship where we can just give that time, set it aside, aside for God, just to really pray together. We'll look at creative prayer, Sometimes we might have prayer in silence. Sometimes we might have really noisy prayer because people connect with God in so many different ways. We'll have different times of prayer. We'll have 24-7 prayer, okay, where we can pray through the night. Those are really, really effective, positive times. We'll be teaching our children how to pray. How do we pray? We'll commit to praying for each other before every activity. So before the Wednesday cafe, let's meet 10 minutes early and pray, before, um, I don't know, we get together, what, what else do we do? For our small groups, let's pray. Before we do those things, let's pray that God would move and see his spirit at work. We want to pray for one another. We want prayer to become very natural. There's some people who do it very naturally, just say, can I pray for you? But we want it to be part of our language and we want to be confident in doing it. We want to teach ourselves that let's practice among ourselves Because if we can practice in here, then we can pray for people outside as well. We'll still do Christmas events. We'll still take the van out and do Christmas things. We'll still have Christmas things going on. We're looking at running Alpha and parenting courses as part of our morning Sunday morning cafe. We're looking at developing the young adults and investing in our children's ministry. We'll be working along high schools, thinking about how we can meet the needs of our young people um, in our high schools on our island. However... The one thing that we're going to focus on over all of that is prayer. Is prayer. We're going to pray. We're going to drench everything in prayer. And that is going to require as much commitment as if I said this morning we're going to set up a hospital. Okay? Or if I said we're going to open a school or we're going to open a Young Offenders Institute. It requires as much commitment. In fact, sometimes it requires more because it's, it's hard. It's hard sometimes to get out and to pray in the evenings. But we're going to do it and it's going to take commitment. You know, there's one verse that I absolutely love and it's in Exodus 14, 14 and it says this. The Lord will fight for you, you need only be still. The Lord will fight for you, you need only be still. And sometimes we struggle and we strive and we do things in our own strength and God says, just be still. Be still in my presence and wait and I will fight for you. The problems in our culture at the moment are too big for us. They seem overwhelming. There's so many things that are coming in and and we could be praying for at the moment. There's so many things. However, we know a God who's in control. We know the God who's the creator, the awesome one who's greater than everything. And all he says is, ask, ask me. And that's what I believe we need to do. And it's an exciting time because I honestly believe that as we become more excited about prayer and we are engaging in prayer more and we're speaking more to God and communicating more with God, we're going to see amazing things happen. We're going to hear amazing stories happen. We're going to see amazing things happen. We're going to see transformation. And I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited that God has put this on our hearts to pray to be a people of prayer, to be known as a people of prayer. I'm really, really excited about this year. I'm grateful to the staff and the leadership team who have invested time You know, seeking God about the vision, seeking God for his leading, who put in the hard work behind the scenes. We have a few staff changes this year that's going to make a difference. Lucy, who is leading children's work this morning for us, bless her, but she's stepped down. Lucy has stepped down from her role. She's now um, teacher training, she's going to be a teacher in one of our primary schools. So pray for Lucy. Pray for her, um, because she's taking on a whole new role um, of training to be a teacher. So she stepped down from the children's work here, um, and this evening, actually, we'll be thanking her. I want to thank her tonight um, for the work that she's done among our children, so we'll be praying for her. Sophie Miller, as you know, she's coming to us as a swim intern. Now, it doesn't mean that she's, we're all going down to the sea and she's going to teach us how to swim. It does sound a bit weird. I get it, okay? Um, but what that is, Southwest Youth Ministries okay and uh, so she um her little story she'd probably tell you we approached her and said to her do you fancy coming back to the island to do some children's work knowing that lucy was stepping back she said you'd love to come back i'd love to come and do that um, so uh, we went away to satellites and over the time at satellites there were the swim internships which were advertised which are fantastic because she gets training along with other interns on the island and she would really love to do an internship so we said great shiloh being the way it is you know applications had to be in and ready by the first september this was like I don't know, August the 15th or something. We had two weeks to get it all ready. Uh, We went off on holiday. Matt sorted it all out. He got job applications done, everything done, all the application forms done. Now Sophie is off. She's on um, two weeks of commissioning with all the other interns across the UK. She'll be back with us next week where she'll start and she's going to work with our children. She's going to work with children on a Sunday morning. She's going to look at holiday clubs, after-school clubs and she's going to run the youth clubs on a Friday night um, up to school year's age nine. Years nine, so it's really exciting to have Sophie back with us. So, support Sophie, pray for her. We are, as a church, committed to praying for her to paying for her year um, and her accommodation. She has to find her own living costs, so she may take on another little job. But if you want to give to her, please use the envelope system too. It'd be a real blessing to her, um, too, in the time. So, um, please pray for Sophie as she starts her new role. Matt is going to be changing his role, okay? So look at this. It's all, it's all change, okay? Matt's going back to Lamar's cartridge to be a high school teacher. No, he's not. He's not. Look at your faces. What's going on? No, he's not. Um, no, we, we are holding on to him. <laughs> um, Matt is... Um, going to slightly change his role um, and title in that Matt is now going to become um, assistant team leader with responsibility for youth. So Matt will oversee Sophie. He's going to specifically focus on young adults um, and really focus on our 18s to 30s, really investing in them. That's the age we want to see really develop and grow. So he's going to be really investing in them as well as doing a lot more in the church setting. So um, we're really grateful to have Matt on board who's going to step um, into that role. So it's really exciting days ahead. I hope you're excited about what's going on. We're excited about what's happening. Um, I haven't committed, you'll know, this morning, to any great events that we're going to do or anything. That will come, okay? Um, we are praying. We ask you to pray um, into next summer. I know lots of you want UpFest. I know I keep hearing it. We've got to have UpFest. <laughs> we're praying into what does God want us to do? What is, what is God asking us to do? Shall we all go away? Should we all go away to a festival in the UK? I don't know. What are we going to do? Should we have a Channel Islands festival here? Should we have something here? I don't know yet. It's exciting days. What's Christmas going to look like? Are Jan and Jeff going to be stood at the bottom of the market, steps again, handing out tea and coffee from the van? Um, We don't know. What's it going to look like? Exciting days ahead. But the one thing we are going to commit to is to prayer. We're going to pray because prayer changes things. The one thing that I've really noticed which has encouraged me most is that where has life transformation been happening? In our 9.30 prayer meeting. People have been coming to know Jesus in our prayer meetings. It's almost unheard of. God is doing something amazing. And I'm really, really excited about the days ahead. We're going to stand, and I think it'd be really good um, as we commit to pray together to do something that we don't normally do. But what I'd like us to do today is just to stand, and we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together. I think as a commitment, as a way of committing ourselves that I'm in this, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray for our community, I'm going to pray with one another. Um, I know that prayer sometimes we can think, oh, it's hard work. But we are honestly going to make it as creative as possible. Um, we saw some great things away. I went on a little prayer trail, a satellite, or I went through a little prayer trail with different colored headphones on that led me through prayer. All of these things we're going to be looking at. It's going to be exciting, okay? Maybe we'll do some prayer, I don't know, at two o'clock in the morning at Folly's kick-out time. Let's go and pray there. Wouldn't it be great for us to have a team down there just praying for people? That's That's what we mean about prayer. Let's get excited about it to see God transforming lives. So, Cadenza, could you put up the Lord's Prayer for me? Some of us will know it, some of us won't. So we can just do it together. Let's just commit ourselves as we pray together at the end of this morning. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses Amen. Amen. We're going to uh, to ask Naomi and the team to come back up. We're going to sing a few songs to to close this morning. Please stay around for lunch. It's jacket potatoes. There's fillings for everyone, okay? Um, And uh, lots of amazing desserts too. So please join us. Feel free to sit outside in here or in the back hall. Absolutely fine. Thank you.